Today on Abounding Grace, we'll consider the wife's role in marriage, and it involves submission. As we speak of submission, it may cause some of you ladies to respond in the flesh and want to protect yourself. But my prayer has been, as I know, heading up in this direction, knowing what we're going to look at, knowing what we're going to be reminded, my prayer has been that you receive this, that it moves our church and motivates us, that our homes in this series will be revitalized and refocused on what's important, that we would become the examples in our community of what it looks like for a marriage to make it in this world. This is amazing grace. When you stop to think about it, order is necessary in virtually every arena of life. Otherwise, there would be utter chaos and confusion. So why would we find it hard to accept that God has established order and authority for the marital relationship? Mention the word submission in our day and age and you're likely to get a dirty look in return. But submission is not to be despised. In fact, it is to be like Christ. Today on Abounding Grace, we continue Pastor Ed Taylor's series, Family Matters. Find your place in Ephesians 5 as Pastor Ed encourages wives to embrace their God-given role. Take your Bibles, open them to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Wives Matter. Wives Matter. Why? Because it's easy to become confused and mixed up in how to lead our families In the 21st century, there are a lot of opinions out there on what is right and what is wrong. What is moral? What is immoral? What's correct and incorrect? What is the role of the wife? What's the role of the husband? And there's now a whole new dialogue and discussion on top before we ever get to definitions of wives and husbands, which can be so confusing and mixed up in our culture. But now we are mixing up what our identity is and who we are. And, and even though we were born a certain way, now there's this emphasis, you can choose to be whoever you want and live that way and demand people to accept that and to change their definitions. But you know, while the world is changing, God's word doesn't change. While the world is changing their opinions and changing their minds on things and and emphasizing different definitions for what husband and wife mean, the Bible doesn't change. And yeah, we live in a culture where marriage is being redefined, husband and wife are being redefined. I mean, sometimes they don't even use those words anymore. They'll use words like we have significant others and we have life partners or house buddies or whatever it might be these days. And we need to come back to God's word because he has specific help for us in our family relationships, for you and for me. He has direction and definition for us. And in this series on family matters, we're addressing these roles from God's perspective. God invented marriage. God invented people. He created us. He knows what's best for us. And he not only invented marriage, but he defines it for us. And today we look at, in the order that Paul the Apostle writes to the church in Ephesus, we look at the wife. And notice in verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. 
For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So let's pause there and just address it the way it is. I recognize that when the word submission is used right away, it's not an easy word to hear. There are a lot of words that aren't easy to hear. There are a lot of words that we use that are difficult to listen to. Words like death and hell and depression and recessions and being fired. You might, you might look at the word divorce or foreclosure or cancer or infertile. Those are all hard words, especially when they hit home in your own personal life. Submission is one of those words. It's hard. It goes against the grain. That, that's why we need to be reminded to submit because it goes against the grain. But when it comes to teachings on marriage and on wives, we need to allow the Bible to say what it says and we need to receive it so that the Holy Spirit can help us. But I know right away there'll be defensiveness because of your own personal situation. But there's really no need to be defensive but rather open to a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. Submission is one of those harder words to hear, and I recognize that it can be misunderstood because it has been misused, and it's been used to hurt people and to hurt women. But submission is never an excuse for someone to, for someone to make anyone, or we could put it in the context of a marriage, submission is never an excuse for a husband to abuse his wife or to make her or demand that she be a doormat or a whipping post. It's never okay for abuse in marriage. And it certainly has been used that way, and it's been used wrongly and unbiblically. As we speak of submission, it may cause some of you ladies to respond in the flesh and want to protect yourself. But my prayer has been, as I know, heading up in this direction, knowing what we're going to look at, knowing what we're going to be reminded, my prayer has been that you receive this, that it moves our church and motivates us that our homes in this series will be revitalized and refocused on what's important, that we would become the examples in our community of what it looks like for a marriage to make it in this world, because we must be the church. So ladies, women, be careful not to fall into the trap of both being defensive, but also be careful not to fall into the trap thinking that men are your enemies, or that I as a pastor are your enemy. Or I could already think, you know, anticipating what's going to be going on. Not necessarily out loud, but in the hearts of those listening. who's like, well, here it is again. A man telling me how to be a wife. Uh, I, I'm actually not. I don't know how to be a wife. I know what God's word has to say, but I'm not a wife. I'll never be a wife. I don't know how it is to be a wife, but I do know this. When I read the Bible and I fulfill what God's role for me as a husband I know that when women, wives, will read the Bible, you can live out God's will for your life as a wife. I know that for a fact. And I just want to declare to you that I'm not your enemy. That both as a brother in Christ, as a pastor over this flock, just coming alongside of you, I'm not your enemy. I love you. I want to see what's best in your home. I would love for our pastors to have less marriage counseling. I would love for our pastors to, over, to, to, to be involved in far less divorces. I would love to see our pastors and our leadership here move forward in reaching the city than dealing with angry, bitter people all the time because their homes are broken. God has a will for your life. And if you will simply come to him and trust him with your life, 
He will lead you and guide you and disciple you, wives, as the ladies that God wants you to be. And so as moms, as wives, as single women, even if you're divorced or widowed today, God wants to speak to you on the topic of marriage. Why? Because a marriage saved is a powerful thing. To have that testimony. It's one of the encouraging things when we have our marriage retreats. To have that season of time where a few couples are identified to come up and share God's testimony in our life on just how bad it got, how close it was to utter destruction, and God rescued them. That's powerful. There's a powerful thing when God enters in and saves a marriage. And it begins here, notice again, in verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands. There's really two words used here in Ephesians to describe the wife's role in the home. It's submit and subject. Submission and subjection. And if you look these words up in the original language, they are of similar origin. They're almost the same exact word. And the word is defined as serve or willingly respond or willingly yield. It also comes to us from the world of the military that speaks of submission and falling in line in an orderly fashion, doing things right. And here the wife is told and instructed to yield and willingly respond to her own husband as to the Lord. This is an instruction to your own husband. You're not to have this mindset with every husband, every man. This is for your own husband. They say that twice. You notice he says it again in verse 24, to their own husbands. You're focused to be on your husband, not on anyone else's. No one else's husband or any man has the authority over your life like your own husband. And you entered into this relationship, ladies, by taking a covenant on your marriage day. And of all the things that it was beautiful and wonderful on your wedding day, the the most important part of your wedding day were your vows and your commitment to your husband. And one of the commitments that you make, and and if we officiate, if I officiate the wedding, one of the covenants you will make will be exactly what the Bible says. You will verbalize before your husband, your future husband, and the witnesses that you will willingly submit to them until the return of Jesus Christ. So you actually verbalize the word of God in your marriage vows. Submission is the willingness to cooperate with and adapt to the needs of those we love. You could say, wives, and I'm quoting Linya Heitzig here, Pastor Skip's wife, a quote, let go of the rope. Don't have a tug of war with your husband. If you let go, God will take hold and they won't be able to wrestle with God. And so what does Linnea say here? She says, you know, it's not always going to be easy. It may not be easy day one, moment one. First breath of being a wife may be the beginning of a very difficult road for you. But you need to learn to let go and allow the Lord to be on your side. And so we begin speaking to wives today because that's the order. But men... You get it next. And I don't want you skipping out. We already know who you are. We know exactly why. If you're here today, you must be here tomorrow because we're actually not letting you go all week. You're going to stay here all week until while I prepare and put the finishing touches because these things go together. There are two roles in the home, not one. Your home and the success of your home does not depend entirely upon wives. The success in the home is a wife and a husband living out their God-given roles as one. And so, men, I don't want you skipping out next week. 
See, when you guys, men, when you throw around passages like this and you just walk, you start walking around telling your wife, I knew it, I knew it, Pastor Ed was right, you must submit to me, woman. You are backwards and upside down. And you can tell me how it went because it's not going to go very well. Submission is not anything you can demand. You can't demand respect, men. You can only earn it. And you can't demand submission. It can only be an obedient choice of the wife unto the Lord that you get to enjoy. It is an obedient choice of the wife unto the Lord that is enjoyed by the husband and children if they're in the home. You can't demand it. If you are in a position of demanding it, then you are neither scriptural or spiritual. As a matter of fact, if this word or this scripture is used by the husband in the home as a means of manipulation or guilt or even as a marital weapon, you and your home are upside down. That is not God's will. Men, your wife is not your personal slave. She's a helpmate, a perfect complement to you. Equal, listen wives, you are equal to your husband in God's eyes in every way. And that's important you receive that. Because unfortunately over the years, there has been a subjugation of women under the authority of men, somehow sending the message or even making women less than men. And that's just not true. You are equal in every way. Women don't ever doubt this. God places a high value on every single woman. A woman is not less than a man when it comes to their value. I'll throw out a very fancy word if you want to use it in conversation in the future. It's a big seminary theological word. You can say that I am ontologically equal with man. Ontological. It simply means nature. Men and women were both created in the image of God and are equal when it comes to their value. Now, let's just be clear here. Even though we're equal in value, we have different roles. Men and women are profoundly different. There are much that is the same, but we are different. We're different in how we see the world. We're different in our physical makeup. We're different in our DNA identity. We're different in our approach. We're different anatomically. We're different. There's just no way around that. In a world that wants to blur the lines, it's just common sense shows that we have differences among us. But although we have differences, different doesn't mean bad. It just means different. And there are important differences under the banner of the book of Genesis of our equality. A woman is an equal creation of God made in his image. And even in the beginning, man and woman were given equal dominion over God's creation. And so ontologically, we're equal. We become perfect complements to one another in marriage. The wife is to be a helper suitable for the husband, his completer. A wife is not to be her husband's competitor, but rather completer. And together with our differences, we become more than we could ever become individually. But along the way, man's fallen nature corrupted this relationship. And some of you experience the pain of that in a very difficult way where men can become very misogynistic, very degrading, and can view women as something other than their God-given right in society. And it's always wrong. 
And it's a million times more wrong in the church of Jesus Christ, where Jesus has liberated women. Jesus has placed women back in the place that they belong. But it isn't anything new, lest you think it's like a 21st century thing. It's not. It's been with us from the beginning of time. You know, the battle of the sexes, the competition between the sexes began in the Garden of Eden. The moment after sin, there was frustrating tension between men and women. You know, in the first century, the Jews used to pray this prayer. Listen to it. It's sad. And I quote, God, thank you that I'm not a Gentile, that I'm not a woman, and that I'm not a dog. The The Romans believed that a woman was just one step above the slave, but many steps below a man. Women were the property of the husband, and they were treated like a child. Romans would often have three women in their lives. They would have the official wife that would be giving them the children. They would have a wife to take care of the affairs of the home. And then they would have a wife like a concubine to take care of any of the man's sexual desires. And they just viewed women as property, which is always a sin. But God has said in his word in Galatians chapter 3 verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. And God has placed the most highest value on you ladies that can possibly be placed on a human being, and that was the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And you are equal in every way in the eyes of God. It's important to understand the point made here by the Holy Spirit as he begins on this section in Ephesians The point being made here is in the realm of roles and responsibilities. And the idea of submission is a universal idea. It's not simply the responsibility of the wife. Let's go back and look at this so you can just go back a few verses to verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 5. We don't have time to develop this, but when I I taught this verse by verse, all those studies are up on the web, we developed this principle of the broader teaching of submission. Because submission is very important and valuable in a culture, in our society. And and the point is made here in Ephesians, beginning in verse 15, as he's writing to everyone, he says, See then that you walk uprightly, or carefully, or circumspectly, depending on what's in your Bible. See then what you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And we go, okay, what's the will of the Lord? Verse 18, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And then the next, very next thing, Wives, submit to your husbands. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives. And and you'll move on to the different roles and responsibilities. Chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents. These are all necessary responsibilities and roles that we have in order to live a life, not only that pleases God, listen, not only that pleases God and brings him glory, but also a life that you can enjoy. Do you know it's God's will for you to be happy and enjoy your life? And enjoy the place of life that you're in right now. We often refer to that as contentment. And I know we as pastors, when we make that point, we'll make a strong distinction in the Bible. And it is a Bible distinction between joy and happiness. I want to remind you that even though there's a distinction between them, God wants you to have both of them. 
He wants you to be happy and joyful. He wants you to be happy in your circumstances and joyful in him. And as you are, you find that as you enjoy, as you enjoy happiness and experience joy, it comes through your willing obedience to fulfill your role in the home. And a key to biblical submission is to realize that Jesus himself is the greatest example. I want you to hold your places in Ephesians. Would you turn back to John for a moment with me? The gospel of John chapter 4. The greatest example of submission is Jesus himself. God in human flesh, leaving glory, coming to earth, and listen to his attitude, his role, and his responsibility as the eternal son of God. John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. I am willingly doing my father's will. Look at chapter 6 now, verse 38. Chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And as you're turning back to Ephesians 5, let me read to you Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, God the Son, willingly and voluntarily submitted. And wives, that is what God is commanding you to do, to voluntarily and willingly submit to your husband. We're talking about the wife's role and responsibility in the home today on Abounding Grace. It's part of Pastor Ed Taylor's series, Family Matters. You can hear this again at AboundingGraceRadio.com or on the Calvary Church app. Well, Pastor Ed, submission is treated almost like a dirty word in today's society. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, Larry, part of it, of course, is our human nature. You know, the fallenness of sin and what sin has done to us and in our independent spirit about us, you know, submitting, allowing other one, other folks to uh, make decisions for us or submitting to decisions we don't like. Those are all counter to our flesh, to our humanity. And that's the normal answer, right? You would think of that. That, that makes sense. But I want to add as well that there's a general resistance to submission today because of how much abuse exists and how those that have been given authority or those that take authority or even uh, within a church, within a government, within a family have abused that authority. And, you know, you, you face the abuse of authority so much that your heart becomes hard and a hardened heart is much harder. You know, a hardened heart is much harder to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit than a soft heart. And so I just want to speak to those of you that might have been hurt in the church. You might have been hurt in your family. Maybe even the way the world is today with the government overreach and such has just really hardened you, maybe deadened your senses. And part of your response, even though it's not good, but part of your response has been an unwillingness to submit. And I just want to acknowledge, I'm sorry you got hurt We all are dealing with one pain or another, aren't we? But the Lord, he's faithful. He's the God of all comfort. He's the one that provides the balm of Gilead to bring healing and health into our lives, spiritually and physically. 
And I know that where there is, we teach this in our school ministry, where there's godly leadership, there's to be a godly submission. And there, it's the same in, in the church, it's the same in home, it's the same in our society. And even sometimes submission, as long as it's not sinful, uh, is good for us to learn how to surrender ourselves to the will of God, trusting Him with our lives. Excellent. Thanks again. And please remember that Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. When you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Pastor Ed's new book, Face Your Fears. The past year and a half have been super challenging, and many of us have been struggling with fear. Some are afraid of getting the virus. Others are afraid of dying. Some fear losing their business. If that describes you, we'd like to encourage you to order a copy of Face Your Fears. You can move from fear to faith. And Pastor Ed explains how in this helpful little book. Call us right now, 877-30-GRACE. We ask for a donation of $25 or more. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or order it online at calvaryco.store. Again, calvaryco.store. We'll hear the rest of Pastor Ed Taylor's message, Wives Matter, tomorrow on Abounding Grace. See you then. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.